Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, joined by my good friend, Justin Garcia, again on a, a really incredible night at Fiserv Forum. The Bucks win 151 to 131 over the Washington Wizards. Uh, not, not a huge surprise that this was a really high-scoring game, but the incredible night from Chris Middleton uh, was had, and that was without Giannis playing tonight with shoulder soreness. We can talk about that in a little bit. But but Justin, I mean, this was a night that started uh, with a, a somber feel. Uh, we, we had the tributes to Kobe. We know that the, the players were out there with heavy hearts having gone through that. This is the first time we've seen the Bucks on the floor. And the response from them in the first half was absolutely unbelievable. And Chris Middleton, 51 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, uh, this this was an incredible night to be at Fiserv and to see uh, the smiles on, on Chris Middleton's face on all the other uh, Bucks teammates on the bench. Uh, this was honestly one of one of the more uh, enjoyable nights I've I've had covering the Bucks and being at a Bucks game. This was this was a whole lot of fun. Well, it was a weird game too, where you know I, I mean you mentioned the the whole loss in the shuffle thing, the, the tribute to Kobe with the eight and twenty four second violations the video that they played for Kobe beforehand, 88 points in the first half, a new franchise record. Chris scores 50-plus. Bradley Beal almost had 50. Uh, it just seemed like this game <laughs> had everything. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, and we, we need to talk about Chris for a long time here. Someone tweeted at me and said, uh, I don't know when they said locked on Middleton or a Middleton tribute pod or, or however they worded it, but this is what this is because I know I, I tweeted in the first quarter when Middleton hit his first three. Uh, triples on the night that for mine in the last week or two and everyone that listens to the pod knows uh, that this has been something that that I've been relaying and I think everyone as well it's been widely acknowledged that over the last couple of weeks that Chris Middleton is no longer gone uh, from being a fringe all-star he has locked his place in the all-star game tonight absolutely cemented that even though the coaches have already had their votes and there was a funny story from Scott Brooks that I'll get to uh, in a little bit here but Chris Middleton now on the season, he is officially over 20 points per game. He's in the 50-40-90 club if the season is to finish now. And I was just looking at this. So there's eight players in the 50-40-90 club as it currently stands. There's only four players that have, have reached those marks at the end of a regular season and had and averaged over 20 points per game. It's Larry Bird, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and Dirk Nowitzki. Now, <laughs> I mean... Come on, uh, like, let's, let's be real about this. If, if Chris keeps playing the way he's playing, we might actually need to campaign for another award for him at the end of the season. And it's, uh, and it's not going to be All-Star. It might be All-NBA because his season really now is remarkable. And only 28 minutes per game. Well, I mean, that's the thing that if he keeps doing this, and it's just it's almost mind-boggling to me that he's playing less than 29 minutes a night when – you know, as recently as two years ago, he was almost playing 37 minutes a game. And he's doing all this in less than 30 minutes. He's, I think, 25th in the league in scoring. 
everyone in front of him is playing at least 30 minutes, most of them a lot higher than that, uh, that, you know, we keep talking about the last few weeks, it really kind of shifted towards everybody accepting those that were on the outskirts, that Chris Middleton is, in fact, an all-star and a number two. But now, as you just pointed to, the, the, the discussion is going to start to take place of, okay, well, is he going to push for one of the three all-NBA teams? Yeah, it was interesting. So this morning at shoot-around, or I guess by the time everyone's listening to this, it would be yesterday at shoot-around, but before the game, Chris Milton was asked about All-Star selection and and you know his uh, opportunity to potentially become a two-time All-Star, but also Eric Bledsoe, who again, uh, had a fantastic night. And we'll talk about uh, Bled a little bit here, but it's kind of remarkable that his night is going to be overshadowed. He finishes with 34 points, six rebounds, 10 assists, 11 to 20 from the field for him as well. An efficient scoring night. He was super aggressive from the start. But uh, back to Chris Milton's comments, he said, you know, I think that winning needs to be rewarded in terms of the All-Star game. And, and you know, we're on pace for 70 wins here. And uh, the, the fact that the conversation is around whether there'll be a, a second All-Star or even a third All-Star. I mean, when you think 70-win teams, you think multiple All-Stars, uh, you know, most of the time you, you think about 60-win teams, 65-win teams, you think of multiple All-Stars. So uh, I think that the, the big thing on this Bucks team is the unselfishness and also the minutes being down. And it was interesting tonight. I mean, you see Chris Milton have 51 points on 26 shots. And I thought that there was opportunities for him to say, okay, I've hit my first seven threes here. I deserve a heat check. I deserve a ridiculous shot attempt. And he just doesn't do it. Like this guy is just so unselfish. Even when he had 49 points, I thought he was going to pull up and try and get to 50. Instead, he, he dishes a beautiful bounce pass to Brooke Lopez. Gets the bucket. Middleton picks up his six assists. And that just sums up this guy. We know that he's played an unselfish role with this team. But uh, even when he scores 50 points, you're like, well, maybe he could have been even more aggressive. Yeah, I, I was going to point out that where he just threaded the needle to Brooke and yeah. where you thought, because, you know, he was at, what, 49 with I think three and a half minutes left where yeah. you're just waiting for, okay, where's 50 going to come? And we all thought it would be there. And, you know, just one of the other facets to his game that we don't really talk about a lot and he, he makes that pass to Brooke. Um, I just don't know how there are any people left. And, you know, it's funny that we haven't really heard a lot of those detractors lately that the people that were anti-Chris Middleton or you can't pay him this much or two have been eerily quiet for the last few weeks. Um, you mentioned the comment from Scott Brooks. And, you know, when you listen to coaches and when you listen to a lot of the – who we would deem the smart guys that cover basketball out there in the media, every single one of them talks about how great and underrated Chris Middleton is, that that's really started to grow the last year. That, you know, I, I guess it was probably two weeks ago where I was finally comfortable enough to say, well, there's no way Chris Middleton isn't going to be an all-star, that if he's not – I would be on a scale of 1 to 10 and 11 for Shot Club. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, at this point, as I mentioned, the numbers over 20 points per game, the rebounding, the, the, the passing, uh, and, and all this in, in the limited minutes, as we said. It, I mean, it would be a disgrace if he didn't make the, the All-Star game at this point. And just to, to touch on, for those that did miss what, what Scott Brooks said pregame, and this is really funny now to think about uh, what happened after these comments, but uh, we were talking to Scott Brooks, the, the Wizards coach, uh, pregame, and he was asked about the, 
the role players on the Bucks team, we know Giannis was out, but uh, you know, Bledsoe, Middleton, Lopez, all these guys. And Scott Brooks went on to say, uh, you know, how well respected Chris Middleton is, how dangerous he is as a player. And then he said, make sure you tell him that I voted for him for an All-Star game so he doesn't take anything out on us tonight. And then uh, Middleton comes out and has the 50-point, 10-rebound game. And, and Middleton laughed about that after the game when I asked him about that and just said, well, uh, you know, it's probably a little bit too late for that now, but I, I appreciate the uh, the vote. And, and it, he said himself, it gives him a lot of confidence. And I, I again, this is... I always come back to this conversation uh, I had with, with Greg Popovich last year when I asked him about Middleton and what I thought he learned from that Team USA camp in Vegas. This was before uh, he became an all-star. This was before uh, he, he was on the Team USA squad that came to Australia and then went to China for the World Cup. And Popovich told me that he said that Middleton was not a guy that felt comfortable out there with the, the caliber of players around him. And he had to pull him aside and say, there's a reason you're here and it's because you belong. So these players on the court here, you belong on the floor with them. You are this caliber player. You just need to believe that. And when I asked Popovich about that when they're in Australia, so this is a year later, he said that he definitively noticed a difference in Chris Middleton's attitude being around that group. Now, admittedly, the names were different and there wasn't Steph Curry there. There wasn't Kevin Durant. There wasn't James Harden. But Popovich still said that he... Uh, noticed a clear difference in the way Chris Middleton was carrying himself. And, and, you know, you think about the things he's achieved. Yes, the Bucks had a long playoff run, but he was also an all-star. He had that Team USA experience in, in China. All these things that have helped him to become a, a more confident player. He's more uh, comfortable with the player that he is in his own mind, and he understands that he belongs in that company. This guy, is, uh, his confidence just seems like it's at an all-time high. Yeah, I don't... I don't know uh, really how to quantify it, but there's just there's something different about him this year where whether it's you know, not to say he was an inconsistent player, but it, whether it's just more consistency or nights like tonight when, you know, in the past, nights like this where there's no Giannis and you know, all right, somebody needs to replace that scoring load, uh, everybody would naturally assume, okay, this is where Chris has to step up. And those are a lot of games where, you know, he really didn't. And, you know, not to say that's a bad thing, but I think that's where a lot of the kind of angst and debate over whether or not he was a number two came from and that he was still the guy that would just go out there and play within the system. But, you know, this season it seems like he has stepped up in those games and he's just been, again, not to make it sound like he was that terribly inconsistent, but he's just been more consistent and there's just been something different about him this season. Uh, I mean, I totally agree. And we, we spoke a little bit. I know me and you have spoke about this. Frank and myself have spoke about this on the pod. Certainly the shots that he's taking has changed a little bit. The shot profile. He's still getting up a lot of threes. But last year, there was a big adjustment for him. And Bud was like, listen, I, I don't want you living in the mid-range. I want you uh, moving out to the three-point line, taking these shots that you would prefer not to. You prefer to get into your comfort zone. Bud went through that with him and they rode through some some struggles. I mean, Chris Middleton in November and December last year was was bad by his own admission. And then in, in when you think about that being the contract year and then getting the max, as you said, like the anxiety from from people that question whether you want to spend that money, I, I totally get it. Like I I, know, I thought that the, the Bucks were tied into a corner and they had to sign Chris Middleton. I thought that he was going to live up to that contract and, and, and people know that. I mean, I, I love Chris Milton, the way that he plays the game. I think he's a perfect fit for this system. And I think he's a perfect fit next to Giannis. These two have been together for a long time, but 
I'm not even sure that I could have imagined that he would be playing at this level. And and just a few other numbers that we should mention that that are tied in with the the 50 point game tonight. Uh, the fifth Milwaukee Buck player to to have a 50 point game. He joins uh, Kareem Giannis. Uh, Michael Red and Brandon Jennings as well. So just the fifth player there. And only the third player to have a 50-point, 10-rebound game. It's Kareem, Giannis, and Chris Middleton in that group right now. It's incredible. Well, and he's, you know, the 49th player in NBA history to score 50 or more on 26 or fewer shots. And, <laughs> um, you know, I didn't even realize Giannis was one of those 49. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, that's that's the that is the crazy thing uh, that uh, when when you think now uh, that the, the the Bucks, when you think of that fifty ten game before last year, one player had done that in the history of the Milwaukee Bucks franchise, and within the space of twelve months, uh, they've got two guys on the same roster that have done that. So uh, it's it was a remarkable night for Chris, and and I think. You know, going back to the to the, the obviously the the pregame the tribute for Kobe, the twenty four second moment of silence was uh, an incredible atmosphere to be in there. And you never really know how the guys are going to respond. And to see the Bucks have the start that they did, and in particular Chris Middleton have the the game that he did, uh, I think that that uh, above anything else was was as fitting tribute as the Bucks players could do on the court. Uh, it was uh, it was a special night and a, and a memorable night for a lot of these guys. Yeah, and I um, not that not that the Bucks didn't properly honor Kobe, but I almost expected something a little more. Just how you know, the question was asked of Bud in the pregame, and he just said, "Well, I'm not going to answer that now." You can see what we do. That I almost expected. Okay, what are they all going to have something on their shoes? Are they all going to wear Kobe shoes? Are they all going to who knows? And uh, no, so I kind of expected something more, just based off the answer we got before the game. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of in the same boat. I mean, it's difficult. And, you know, the interesting thing about tonight uh, that, uh, you know, when we heard Scott Brooks talking before the game, the, the strange thing for the Wizards is this was their second game uh, since, the, the obviously, the tragedy on Sunday. So uh, they'd been through it just hours after this happened. We, You know, a, a lot of people would have seen uh, Bradley Beal on the sidelines, the way, uh, how emotional he was and how difficult it was for a lot of these guys in the hours after that. Uh, they've now traveled to Milwaukee and played their second game. So they went through a second lot of, uh, obviously, the moment silence, then the 24-second violation and the, and the eight-second uh, backcourt violation. So it was a, an interesting uh, time for them. And, and Scott Brooks said himself before the game, he said, look, it's really tough and everyone's continuing to struggle, but uh, we need to push ahead and we need to move forward. And I think that that is going to be the best thing for our team to get out, continue to play basketball, be together uh, as a team and continue to play. But that, that was one unique thing uh, from tonight when, when you thought about uh, the, whole, the whole Kobe stuff and, and a whole bunch of Kobe Bryant jerseys. I know you would have seen that yeah. uh, at the arena as well, walking around. It was really cool to see. Uh, it's tough to see still, tough to think about, but uh, it's nice to see the, the tribute and it was, uh, it was certainly special to be in there. But uh, just one last quote I wanted to read out from Bud. After the game, he was asked about whether Chris Middleton is underrated and he said a bunch of things within this quote. Uh, he said he thinks that the rest of the league is appreciating him more and more. He also said, I think people that understand the sport know how good he is, but at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter how he's rated. As long as he's with us, that's all we care about. And I thought that that was 
uh, a pretty fitting quote from a coach that obviously loves uh, having Chris on his team and uh, was clearly very proud of, uh, of of Milton coming out and having such a big night with Giannis out, which maybe, uh, maybe we can transition to Giannis a little bit here. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans, but you may not know that Locked On Bucks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Milwaukee Bucks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Milwaukee Bucks fans that are well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to double three triple seven. Or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get the team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you guys. Well, yeah, and you know, you think back to uh, what, basically 13 months ago now, where Chris Middleton is benched in that game against the Knicks and everybody's, oh, well, what are you going to do with Chris Middleton going forward? And now to think of how that was just the smallest blip on the radar for this team and how things have gone in the time that's passed is really remarkable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, now when we look at the Bucks, 41 and six, as we, we keep on mentioning the 70 win pace, and to be honest, we keep on dismissing it, but uh, they just keep on winning. With Giannis, though, it's. I certainly understand why there was some anxiety and, and concern about Giannis after, um, obviously, what what happened over the weekend. Uh, Giannis spoke at practice yesterday. I, I know, you know, Frank and myself spoke about that on yesterday's pod, and he was clearly hurting. I mean, this is a guy that he looked up to. He was his idol as a kid. Uh, then he misses the game tonight with shoulder soreness. But it, it is important to note that Bud was was very clear uh, before the game that. Very quick to point out, it is not rest. Yeah, exactly. And he, he openly said, uh, it, tonight is not a night that we would hold Giannis back. He said it's hard to hold him back at the best of times, but we definitely would not have done that tonight if, it, if, it wasn't, uh, if there wasn't some legitimate soreness. So he, he did say that it's nothing major. It's not a major injury, but it's something that he needed to get some work on. And they thought tonight that he would be better off not playing. Now... He doesn't end up on the bench. And I saw him in the locker room pregame. He was laughing. He was smiling. He was joking with uh, Thanasis, who was wearing some Kobe's on the night. And they were talking about the shoes. Uh, I mean, they were talking uh, Greek, so I, <laughs> I didn't understand what they were saying. But uh, he, he had a smile on his face. And then I was actually walking around the court pregame. And I heard uh, some of the, the staff uh, at Fiserv were saying, oh, we need to get a big chair for, for Giannis. He's going to be on the bench tonight. So... Uh, when he wasn't on the bench, I mean, I personally wasn't that concerned. I knew he was in the building somewhere. And then we saw him after the game walking into the locker room. Again, he had a big smile on his face. We know how close, you know, him and him and Chris have been. They've been through a lot with this Bucks team. He had the 51 sign that I, I think a lot of people would have seen by now. Uh, so, you know, the, that's the positive thing. He had a smile on his face. And, and from all reports, the injury isn't anything uh, too serious. Uh, if anything, they get him another few days off here. So, uh, look. I think Giannis is going to be okay. I'm sure he's struggling, but I think he's going to be okay. And I, I would I would think that he'd probably be back on Friday. 
Yeah, I, I would end, you know, and that's going to be basically what ten days of rest for him then, or ten yeah. days of not playing at least. Um, you, you you do have to travel across the country and back. Um, you know, speaking to Giannis, the one thing that I noticed was tonight. So I noticed, and uh, Eric Name chimed in on this a couple of times as well when we were going back and forth. You noticed a couple weeks ago, Brooke Lopez, who was traditionally an Adidas guy, started wearing and sprinkling in Nikes. Was tonight the first night Brooke wore the uh, Zoom Freaks? Yeah, I, I don't – I'm not sure. I, I saw that, and it's interesting. I, I think sometimes these things sneak under the radar, but the shoe people out there certainly don't miss it. I, I think it it may have been. I Like you said, I know he's been trying some different shoes. Um, I, I'm not sure, but – uh, you know, I mean, you always see the the, the Bucks players they're, they're supporting him. The coaching staff always have the the freaks on in in the warm ups. Uh, but that's interesting. I didn't I didn't I actually uh, pick up on that until I saw you guys talking about that. Um, you, you, one other quick thing too, when you talk about this team now, forty one and six, the so the two other teams that won seventy games in a season, the Warriors were forty three and four through forty seven, and the Bulls were forty two and five. So. The Bucks just one game back of that. And, um, you know, this is going to be the conversation on this podcast and every other radio show for the last few months of the season, unless some losing streak occurs. Uh, but really, when you watch this team and you watch what they did, look, the Wizards defense, we all know, is not good. But still, to score 88 points without Giannis and a half, really, when you look at this, the one thing that you would say that's probably going to prevent them from winning 70 is. They're eight games in front of the Raptors, who are the two seed. Like, there's a chance when you get to the final two or three weeks of the season, the Bucks are 10 games in front of who's ever behind them in the East. And at that point, it's going to be like what we saw in the stretch down the stretch last year, where you had guys like Bonzi Colson and Tim Fraser playing minutes for you. Yeah, no question. And, and we've sort of touched on that through the year because of the minutes have been so low and the Bucks are winning games by uh, you know, such huge margins. It's going to be interesting to watch the management down the stretch. I've certainly voiced my concerns over the fact that they're playing so little. <laughs> and it was actually really strange tonight. I know Chris uh, has such a monster night, but to see him play 35 minutes is, uh, it, it is kind of strange. But uh, I that this is going to be more and more a storyline as we move forward. There's been a couple of reporters that have tried to prompt Bud to talk about this and poke him a little bit, and he just refuses to talk about the 70 wins or the the 73 wins, which I, I think uh, you know is understandable. It's, it's not a question that or, or a topic that he's going to want to dive into. I, I feel kind of strange here because we haven't really spoke about the game a lot, but before we even think about uh, wrapping this up, there is a couple of things I want to touch on. And, you know, reality is, I don't know about you, but watching this game, 282 points put up between the two. Uh, tactically, there was a not, not a lot added to take out of this game other than two teams sprinting up and down the floor and, and, and jacking up quick shots. It's a typical uh, Washington game. I already mentioned what, what Bledsoe did and, and the, the monster night he had. I really liked his aggressiveness early when he knew that this was a Washington team that he could score against. But another guy I do want to bring up, Dante DiVincenzo, hit a couple uh, threes late in this game where, yeah, the Bucks probably weren't going to lose. But for him to, to really put the nail in the coffin there and hit those uh, couple of consecutive threes to, to really finish the game uh, was big for him. And he had uh, 16 points total on the night. Uh, three for five from three. Before tonight coming in, he was up to 36% from three in January. That's a really good sign because uh, we know he struggles in December. He was down at 27%. The confidence never wavers with, with Dante. 
but uh, we're happy to see him uh, get that shot back uh, rolling, and he, he looks he looks really good again. He's in a hot patch. Yeah, he looks good, um, and he he just you know, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised because they're all NBA players, but he he just doesn't look like for a guy that played twenty seven games as a rookie, you would expect. Uh, I don't know how to word it, not timidness, but still a guy that knows I'm coming off the bench and basically to know your place and your role on the team. But he just doesn't ever look like he's ever engulfed in that moment. And he is always very confident out there on the floor. He carries himself like a starter. And, you know, he's talked about it. And I'm sure he would talk about it even more of, of how much those injuries to Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton helped him in that aspect where he was playing with that group of starters and had to carry himself like that. And then he carries it over to the bench. You just don't see the drop off and the similarities between his game and uh, Eric Bledsoe's game. And, and, you know, for all the strides that Giannis has made with his jump shot and now what we're starting to see with that turnaround and the, the overall mid range for him, the emergence of Dante DiVincenzo was something that they didn't have in the postseason last year. Assuming this team stays as is, that might be their biggest boost going into the playoffs this year. No, I mean he's he's a he brings genuine X factor to this team. Uh, it's sometimes lost that even though you know we talk about him all the time and the positive things that he's been able to do for this team, not necessarily that that show up on the box score, but you always feel like good things are happening when he's on the floor. And sometimes it is forgot or, or skipped over that he wasn't there in the playoffs last year, and there were times when the Bucks were bogged down big time in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, the Raptors were grabbing a lot of offensive rebounds. They were winning those hustle plays. Uh, Dante is a guy that can uh, definitely change that. So uh, you just continue to love what he's doing for this team and another big knife for him off the bench. And uh, I know they talk about it a lot, but this is a guy that's played off his bench, off the bench a lot in his career. It doesn't seem to bother him. He just keeps playing uh, really, really solid basketball. And before we do wrap this up, there's one thing I want to bring up. We know the trade deadline is uh, is coming up pretty soon. I would it would be uh, wrong, I think, to not mention the night that Davis bought Bertans had tonight. Uh, <laughs> this is a guy that has been uh, spoken about in some uh, trade rumors over the over the last month or two months of the season. Here uh, tonight, he comes in off the bench, twenty nine minutes, fifteen points, four for four from three. This guy's confidence is unbelievable. Some of the shots he takes are ridiculous. There was one that he missed uh, where he was sprinting baseline at full speed, gathered the ball, and almost like as he gathered the ball, he, he shot like a, a, an immediate turnaround, and he missed it. But I remember just laughing uh, watching yeah. the shot, the confidence that he has right now. $7 million contract. You know, he's going to be a free agent, and he's going to get paid. But you, you wonder whether one of these contenders, and I imagine they would, are going to throw something at the Wizards to try and pry this guy away and say, uh, you know, whatever. We're going, to, we're going to waste an asset here because we're chasing the championship. I was imagining him tonight on this Bucks team. I mean, seriously, like Bertans is Miritich on steroids, honestly. Like, the, the way that he's playing this season, he is just red hot. Uh, you know, he's great, and... You keep hearing about Bogdanovich, and the one that just perplexes me that I keep seeing as other people linking to the Bucks is Marcus Morris. Or I understand the offensive game that he has, but it just doesn't seem like it would work in this system with his overall game. Um, but for the trade deadline overall, and I think you and I are kind of aligned on this and have talked about it before, I just don't really see anything for this Bucks team because 
of the contracts and you know they don't have you talk about Bertans making seven million dollars I mean the guy the Bucks have that makes seven million dollars is Ersan Ilyasova so every trade rumor you see is well Ersan and the first round pick that you got from the uh, Pacers this isn't a good draft and that pick from the Pacers it, it it's not in the lottery so it's not like a huge asset that you're giving anyone and you know you talk about the box score tonight DJ Wilson did not play again and a game where Giannis didn't play. I would almost put it at a 0% chance Ursan Ilyasova gets moved, number one, because of how much Coach Bud loves him and the trust that he has in him. But if you're moving Ursan Ilyasova, that means, okay, DJ Wilson is taking those minutes. And while a lot of us think, yeah, he's more than capable of doing it, when you see things like tonight and no minutes played, I don't know that you can say the organization feels comfortable saying we can move on from Ursan and DJ is going to take those minutes now in a year that we're going to push to win a championship. Yeah. Listen, I mean, the Bucks right now, uh, you're not 41 and six and not thinking that this is a year where it's uh, it's title. I'm not going to say title or bust. I mean, certainly they need to get to the NBA finals, but this is it for the Bucks. When you think about uh, what's coming up ahead, uh, they, they, I've got no doubt that they're going to push the, the chips into the table they need to to make a winning move. And uh, consider me uh, seduced tonight by Bertans. I was, I was imagining him on this Bucks team in the playoffs, a uh, guy that's just shooting the ball so well. We'll see whether they make a move. But, uh, yeah, he's a guy that, that, with, that with that contract, certainly uh, easily uh, you can match the salaries there. And then, as you said, and I've said it before, this, this Bucks team isn't in the business of, of trying to take uh, late first-round draft picks. There's just uh, there's, there's no need for it right now. They're trying, to win a, they're trying to win a title. You get that asset back in the Brogdon move. Uh, if you can make yourself better right now and give yourself a shot at the title, then you do it. But, uh, you know, I, I'm glad I was there for the, for the Chris Middleton 50 game. And uh, I'm glad we got to do this uh, Locked On Middleton uh, Middleton tribute pod. Uh, he, he deserved it. This is a guy that's been through a lot of stuff with the Bucks. He has the 50-point, 10-rebound game tonight. And uh, the smile on his face after the game, you knew this meant a lot to him. And his teammates loved it as well. This is a guy that they love. He, like I said, he's been with the Bucks for a long, long time. So this was, uh, like I said, started uh, as, as a somber night in at, at Fiserv Forum, given the, the circumstances. And it ended in a night of celebration for the Bucks and for Chris Middleton uh, having this uh, career night for himself. But uh, you're still in there. You're still in the building. I am, yeah. Chris dropped 50. So uh, I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to jump on. It's nearly midnight here. Uh, so you probably need to get home. But thanks for, thanks for taking the time again, as always. You got it. All right, so the Bucks won 51 131, 41 and 6 on the season, as we mentioned. They got Denver, not till Friday. That's going to be a fun one, though. 8 o'clock tip off there. So uh, take note of the late uh, tip on Friday. But for Justin Garcia and myself, Kane Pittman, we'll speak to you guys tomorrow.